From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat. Oh, boys, 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 boys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning um, everyone. Good morning. Good morning I everybody. feel inspired. I feel inspired. Rye has inspired me this morning. Oh, oh. I've how have I inspired. done that? Well, I, I heard your song jingly thing yesterday, mate. Yep. I'm thinking, right, I've got to come up with something worthy of this very <laughs> fine show. So I've set myself a task over the weekend to come Excuse up with me, something man. for... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! It was a bang over the weekend. Well, rewind that. Rewind that. Excuse me. <laughs> Do you know he doesn't have to say much, does he? He doesn't have to say much. All he says is "excuse me," and we you know, we corpse. But there you go. No. Yeah. So I, I've been inspired, mate. So thank you. Thank you for the inspiration. Right, no, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I, I had Sony reach out to me last night. I had to turn them down. Oh. I said I'm not available. I'm working hard on the radio show. I, I cannot go into the music industry just yet. Uh, so I've, I've, I've put that, those aspirations back a little bit. Uh, so yeah. that duet with Bieber's office. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and Ted's just had his morning coffee brought in. I'm yeah. sorry, I said toffee. I meant coffee. See what I did there? Oh, no. Uh, oh. Uh, it was a horrible segue, but I loved it anyway. <laughs> Oh, and there's, and there's Steve offering his services at a price. You know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Love it. This Love is it. it. Uh, you met a bit of a legend oh, last no. night, Steve, didn't you? Steve. Well, to be honest, lads, last, last, last night's game, last night's game inspired me, uh, never mind Rye, to, uh, okay. to create a masterpiece as well. And I don't need music, lads. I don't music. So oh. Rates oh. Rap is alive and well. And, oh, and I want to give a big shout out. <laughs> I, want, I want to give a big shout out to the whole gate ender who uh, listens to the show. He's one yeah, of Rai's yes. Twitter followers and one of uh, Dave's <laughs> big uh, followers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he, he laid down a challenge. Now, I got, I got in last night um, and when I, when I got into the house and sat down and, and recovered from last night's defeat, it took me six minutes to write my little ditty, but I've got one for you this morning, lads. No music required. Okay. It's Rates Rap. Rates Rap. Game. Oh, my Love God. It. Love it. I'm, I'm searching for the record button now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've already got a new ringtone. Is, is it the black and white version of the Anfield Rap? Is that what it is? It is, yeah. You could say that, mate. You could say that. I mean, I, I don't like to, I don't like to big up my own work, lads. I'll, I'll leave the, I'll leave the, uh, the oh. critics to judge it, oh. and um, I'll Ooh, take it on the chin. Dangerous, dangerous. I'm excited. He's flying by the seats of the pants this morning. This. It's, it really is. I'm all for supporting you, artists, Steve. Don't you worry, mate. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank even you. If, even if they were vertical black and white stripes, yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> uh, maybe not so much. Oh, I, love it. I love it. But yes, you're right. An absolute, uh, you know, everything caught up with Newcastle last night, uh, and we'll look yeah. a little bit deeper into it in the show today. But um, yeah, disappointing. And you didn't see that coming. And uh, you know, on the hour mark, nil nil, uh, Newcastle looking as if they were, uh, you know, as if they were gonna at least get something out of the game but um, you, you don't take your chances in the Premier League lads you lose games and that was uh, a, a huge result for Everton took them out of the bottom three um, Massive, yeah. 10 point reduction what 10 point reduction and you know yeah. they'll be they'll be they'll be delighted on Merseyside this morning Newcastle go away licking their wounds mm. um, hoping that there'll be a few more off the injury table but uh, you know 
you've got to take the rough with the smooth, you take the highs with the lows, Newcastle United will bounce back, this isn't the end of the world and uh, you know we, we crack on and we go again as they say on Sunday. I had uh, I had to watch uh, I had to watch Steve. Obviously, I, I do like tuning in, and I thought I thought it was you know quite you know, all fair and square come half time, and then unfortunately, Kieran Trippier, which surprised me. If I was going to put you know money on anyone to make a mistake, it wasn't going to be Kieran Trippier. But two mistakes there, one leading to the McNeil goal, the other one, unfortunately, just yeah, lost his head a little bit towards the end of the game there. Yeah, unfortunate, mate. He's one of our best players. Uh, somebody who, you know, you can usually require, you know, you, you can rely on him one hundred percent to put a performance in. And unfortunately for us, just had one of those nights. Um, you know, we yep. all have them sometimes at work. I mean, Ray, you usually have one a week on the show. Um, <laughs> I do. Two, two to three. Two to three. And, usually and, a Monday. Yep. Usually, yeah. Usually, yeah. usually, usually oh, Tuesday, you know, that, Wednesday, that, Thursday. That, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I Basically, mean, any true. day ending in why? Yeah. <laughs> the good thing about the good um, thing about bringing Ted onto the show is we thing. don't have that. But Ted, Ted then doesn't turn up. Uh, like yeah. yesterday, for example. Oh, yeah, I, must, I must investigate. Oh, I must he's investigate. He's got his armory full yeah. today. I love Hasn't it. He? Yeah. He's in defensive mode. <laughs> those arrows, those arrows are flying. It. He's got an empty quiver already. So, so lads, Honestly, what I'm going to do is God. because because I'd like to pay a tribute to John Lennon today because today again is the anniversary of his passing, uh, and I'm hoping Radio Dad can dig up maybe he's an imagine or uh, um, the, a merry, the, one of the, the Christmassy song from John Lennon, oh. uh, The War Is Over. That would be nice to have that on. Uh, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the rap, lads. And as I say, I don't need music. Um, so <laughs> this was knocked or up in rap. six minutes. Okay. As you're probably, well, yeah, rap. It, rem- it rhymes with something else, lads, I think. Um, so, but, oh, there we go. Oh. We'll, we'll, we'll want the full we'll story later. We'll want the full that. song later. We'll, we'll, have song later. we'll have the full song later. There he is. I'm not going to rap over that, though. No, I'm not going to rap over that. Okay, okay, okay. Rap time, rap time. Okay, here we go. (coughs) We went to the pool hoping we would rule. Miss chance after chance didn't have the tools. Injury, tiredness played their part. But if you fail to take your chances, it'll hit you hard. Losing 3-0 is a hard one to take. But losing this game doesn't seal our fate. There's a long way to go. And in Eddie we trust. But if this phone continues, our quadruple is lost. You know, after you, after you said part, I thought I was worried about oh. the next line. I really was. Oh, mum's spaghetti. That's what dad oh, dancing sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go, Ray. Hey, I did do you know that, what, Steve? That was all right, that bit. That was good. Hey, it was better than John that Barnes. real good. Hey, tell you what, it's given me a thought for next week, fellas. Every oh, single no. one of us has to come up with a rap next week. Oh, You're less no. Eminem and more singing here, oh. though, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think the proof. Oh, it'll be, it'll be more waitress than Aldi, won't it? Yeah, go on, get it out. Go on. <laughs> hey, Steve, Steve, I, I, I didn't mean to say, mate. Eight minutes, actually... 50 seconds for the first bar. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on, Ted. Steve, I, do actually, I used to actually own the whole discology of, of John Lennon's stuff, but I sold it all on eBay. Imagine all the PayPal. Hey. 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 This is where Daz would do the did it dun, 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 oh. oh hang on, hang on, hang on. What's he been up to then? What's he been doing? <laughs> it's for when which when we do my Christmas joke later in the show he's got yeah, like a, 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 yeah, oh, oh, have you got one of them as well? 
Ah, yes, I'll keep that for later, though. I thought oh, you'd appreciate yes. the rap first, because, as wow. I say, the whole gate ender had uh, had challenged me to that. So, um, Hang on, what have we, go. well, what have we got here? I'm proud of you. I've, I've, I've I, thought, I thought we'd get Grumpy Steve this morning. I didn't think we'd be getting rapping Steve, that's for sure. <laughs> I thought we'd get Grumpy <laughs> Old Steve. Doesn't want to talk. Was just be taking talking gardening this morning, but no, he's up for it. I'm proud of him. <laughs> Spitting bars and dropping gugs, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he? I'm up for it. I've pulled out Daz's what's it. He's got oh, all God. sorts on it. He's got all sorts on it. What's this Daz into Christmas one? Stand by. You're live in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of good music for you. Oh, yeah. Playing your favourites all the news. So good morning, good morning from all of the crew. Oh, he does like a jingle, doesn't he? He does like a jingle. Do you know what, mate? Do you know what, right? You know how you don't sleep? You know how you don't sleep, right? He doesn't sleep. I think he just makes jingles. Just a jingle marathon. 24-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not in like a JPEG file or a sound file saying do not open till Christmas Day, is it? Probably. Which which immediately would say to me, get it open now. Yeah, it's like Ted when Ted said, don't open this file until Tuesday. I had to open it on Monday. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. Oh, you can't. Oh, what's that? Oh, gosh. I'm going to shut that down. I don't know what's going to come next. Do you get Daz a, like, a Christmas present, Dave? Do you get a little office, little office, you know, Chris Kringle? Just in the, pro- just in the process. Christmas mate. presents. Just what? in the process. Oh, yeah, just okay, in the process. Okay. So the, the first one was delivered yesterday um, because uh, one of the guys, one of the guys, is based in uh, in Gateshead, Gateshead, in uh, yes. Steve's turf. Yep. Um, and he was down in the office yesterday, so it's probably the last time I'll see him before Christmas. So yes, he got his gift. He got his he got his oh. Chris Kringle gift yesterday. Well, I'll be wow. looking in the mail then, shall I? Me and Ted and I, obviously watching the mailman well, drop our big ones enough, off. Funnily enough, I do want some addresses off you off, oh, off no. air because I, oh. I have got some. Because you're going to send you the tax man round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy living in Cyprus probably doesn't want anything to do with him. Know <laughs> 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 what coins. I mean? Uh, <laughs> it's all voluntary. It's all voluntary. Just in case you're listening, it's voluntary. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Do you think I would get paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! Oh, <laughs> I should be paying you. Yeah, no, but I have got I have got something it. to send you, boys. So oh, I, I have something okay. uh, something creative. Very as Dad's got, as Dad's got so, some yes. Jaws music. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I want to get it out of the way because I don't I don't want to make you grumpy for the rest of the show, Steve. <laughs> That's yeah. one day. I just want to talk. I'm going to talk about it. Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford last Hero. night was treating that game <laughs> like it was a derby. I don't know if anyone else has seen Jordan Pickford's reaction after Everton beat Newcastle last night, but it was like he was back in the Sunderland sticks and he was revving up every single Newcastle player as they were walking off the pitch, pointing and shoving and pushing, beating his chest. Steve, Jordan Pickford, how much do you hate him now? I don't hate him. He's, you know, I've actually, I've met, I've met the kid. He's, he's all right actually. He's, um, he's a okay. typical, he's a typical Sunderland fan, and he, and, and you know, and, and I'm a typical uh, Newcastle. Describe, fan. describe, <laughs> describe. Well, Uh-oh. likes the ban, likes the banter, likes the banter. Yeah, when you, okay. when you, oh, when he got out of that position, one, didn't he? 
when you're in a position <laughs> where you you know you're playing against Newcastle and and you get a win like that last night, then you, you're gonna you're gonna milk it, aren't you? He's had plenty yeah. stick. He's been on he's been on the reverse of uh, a few hidings by Newcastle as far as football's concerned, and he's one of these people who just revels in it. So he's a character. Um, you know, and you know he's he's been you know he's been you know uh, given a characteristic by Newcastle fans. Um, you know, people say that he has smaller arms than most. Um, there's various inflatables have been taken to the game in in, in a tribute. In a tribute to Jordan Pickford and his goalkeeping skills, That's my chat so, name today. There you go. He's, he's, he's basically he's basically just having the he's just having a laugh, isn't he? I mean, it, and it wound yeah. the players up at the end. I mean, look, Newcastle oh, players. Didn't it? Um, we we've said this on this show for for the last few weeks. You know, they can't go on like this. They can't they can't continue in the Premier League and the Champions League in particular. Continuing to put the same team out, you know, every four days, it's going to catch up yeah. with them eventually. And it caught up with them last night. Um, but yeah, Jordan Pickford had a, you know, he 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 had, a, I wouldn't say a great game. Um, you know, Newcastle's forwards misfired last night. They, you know, yeah. Newcastle really yeah. should have been out of sight by half time. Um, by the end of the game, Anthony Gordon should have had a hat trick, and you know, Alexander Rizak should have had at least two. Miguel Miron maybe one. Um, on another day, uh, like they did at Sheffield United, those chances go in, and Newcastle United run off with a with a three points you know Everton's heads go down and you know Newcastle you know come up trumps but that wasn't the case last night it was you know it was El Alamo at, at, at some points with, with with Newcastle's forwards but they just held they held firm um, not many mm. saves made by either keeper really uh, Debravka no. had very little to do um, I mean, till the end there we saw, <laughs> we saw Calvert-Lewin we saw Calvert-Lewin going into you know hey, going into position and hitting the Hitting the ball over the bar like from a Ronnie Rosenthal distance, oh, yeah. and it was, it was yeah, there was there was there was so much there was so much going on in last night's game, but mm. you couldn't see you couldn't see either team scoring. It it had nil nil written no. all over it. I think going into that hour period, but then just catastrophe for, from our perspective. Yeah. The you know the the mix up um, with Trippier, he he got the ball caught in his feet, tried to be tried to be too clever, didn't come off. You know that you know ninety nine times out of a hundred that that ball falls nicely for him and he he makes a fool of the the Everton player and goes past him and and turns defence into attack. But last night, you know the ball went behind him and he couldn't get back. Newcastle's you know centre halves clearly didn't expect it and. You know, credit to Dwight McNeely got himself into a cracking position and scored a wonderful goal and and it turned mm. the tide. Um, but having said that, Newcastle went into you know went you know went into the next five or six minutes with, with with intent. You know, they didn't sit back. They they went for the jugular. They went to get the equaliser. They should have had an equaliser, um, but the second goal killed it off. And 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 that really um, was that. There was no there was no way back for for Newcastle. And you you saw the energy. You saw the energy. Drop, you know, drop out of them. I mean, the second goal again was, you know, down to Trippier. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He, he yeah. lost the ball again. It was almost a, a, a you know, a, a replay of, of the, of the first was, one. Yeah. Um, and you know, Decore just had to side foot the ball home, and 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 you know, as I say, secure the victory. Um, mm. Beko came on um, after that, and he got the third. I mean, by that time, it was all it was all over. He was yeah. played on side. He was played on side by Kieran Trippier. You know, I mean, it, it couldn't have got any worse for Trippier last night. And and then the nutmeg Dubravka. Um, oh, you know, yes, just, just rubbed, rubbed, you know, rubbed yeah. salt and rubbed salt in the wounds. But um, yeah. Anthony Gordon last night. 
you know, he, he he just didn't have the composure in front of goal. That was more like the Anthony Gordon we saw when he when he played, you know, in those early yep. games for Newcastle. Mm. Um, yeah, when he picked off that pass, I thought he was yeah. in. When he picked yeah. off that James Tarkowski, it was a Tarkowski. I can't pronounce that Tarkowski, yeah. loose touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarkowski. When he had that loose touch on the edge there, I thought this is it. This, this is where he gets it in. But he hit it straight at Pickford. I was like, no, Gordon. Yeah, he was exactly. getting jeered though. Every time he touched the ball, wasn't he? They don't forget. No, no. I mean, you know, and but I think he handled that well last night. I don't think that put yeah, him off last I night. I just think he had one of those games which, which ultimately was, you know, just it just didn't. It didn't fall you think from he played last the occasion night. in his mind, Steve, a little bit. I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did. I think I, I don't think it was getting to him as much as it did last season. Last season, I yeah. think he was more affected by it. I think he's, I think he, you know, he, he expected it, of course, and 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 I think, I think he handled it really well. You know, we didn't see, we didn't see any adverse reactions for him. I just mm-hmm. think he had one of those nights where he just couldn't couldn't score goals, um, and and, mm-hmm. and it happens unfortunately. There's. You know the the reasons behind this uh, is what Eddie Howe said. He you know he says we'll struggle to change our players and and you know that's what it comes down to. You know he said to have the attacking options we feel we need to change the game. That's not there for us and that's a big miss. And and he's right. It 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 is simply down to the fact that the injury list is has more or less caught up with us. You know there's some really good players, there's some outstanding players who just aren't available and there's there's no nothing on that bench to change it. And we knew that I and mean, that's been the case for the last few games. So. It's been a tough night. You take it on the chin, and you know, I, you know, it was. It's just one of those. It's just one of those situations, and it's relentless now because we, you know, we've got to go to Tottenham on Sunday, and mm-hmm. you know, if if anything, if anything, I could see out of the last few days, it's a, you know the results. The results. It's been a mixed bag, but you know, we're, we're still we're still in and around those European spots. Villa winning against Man City was probably the biggest shock of the of, of the the midweek fixtures. Um, if 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 they had to pick a winner between Spurs and West Ham, then you'd you'd want West Ham. I, I would guess a draw would have been a better result in that game for us, personally. Um, the first person to uh, console me last night was Melly uh, from Man- our Manchester United fan <laughs> who uh, just simply texted us, "Mind the gap." Um, <laughs> Get it, Melly. Uh, yeah, I, I rang him straight. Up. We, had, we had a bit of banter, we had a bit of crack, but he, he was saying the same as me. He just says, you know, you you can't play a Premier League season like this, you know, with, with all with all of these players out and 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 expect to have consistency and win win every week. It just doesn't happen. So, but yeah, it's listen, it's done. Newcastle won't dwell on it. They'll be back. They'll be back on the training ground this morning. They'll be hoping that, you know, Eddie Howe was saying that there's players close to a return, that those players are, are back sooner rather than later, but he won't rush them. Uh, you know, the, the, it's rumoured that Callum Wilson and Sven Botman are the two players who will who will return um, sooner rather than later. Uh, but I don't expect to see those guys fit and ready to play on Sunday. I just I can't see it. I think that Newcastle hopefully won't have picked up any new injuries last night. It didn't seem as if they had. Um, you know they've, they've got Tottenham away on Sunday live on Sky again. They've then got Wednesday night's fixture against AC Milan, which I, if there's anyone going to be fit, I think you'll have them back for that game because ultimately yep. that's you know that's a, that's a huge fixture if you if you. If you were to go to Tottenham and lose, it wouldn't be a disgrace. But the pressure is then, and the focus is all on a home game against Milan. If you were to crash out of the Champions League on Wednesday, 
that then you go into Saturday's fixture at home to Fulham and yeah, you know, you're at a low ebb. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see who's fit when and, and when he chooses to bring them back. And I've said on the show for the last couple of weeks that I still think Eddie Howe will be focused on Tuesday the 19th of December because the Carabao Cup quarter final against Chelsea away for me is when I would I'd want I'd want most of my players back for then. If if there's a chance of having Botman, Wilson and Harvey Barnes back for that game, that would be great. Because I, I still think, look, we, we know our place. The fans certainly do anyway. You know, people of my generation are certainly not getting carried away. Um we we would like it would like to see, you know, Newcastle back at Wembley in the Carabao Cup final. Um if we're if we're still in Europe, whether it's the Champions League or the Europa League, fine. Um, I'd rather be out of Europe. I've told you guys that just for the just for the, the, the you know the, the the fixture congestion side of things, but I'd love to see Newcastle have a, a stronger squad going into Chelsea, um, and then that gives us that opportunity to you know to get to a two-legged semi-final again. That would be fantastic. But that's where my focus would be. Um, you know, it's but it's just relentless. I'm just looking further down after after Chelsea. You know, well, then we'll play we'll play That's Luton stop. away on the twenty third. <laughs> that that yeah. that the Christmas period is is a little I would say a little kinder to us than it has been in the past. In the sense that you know after that quarter final we've got two we've got back to back games against teams you know who are struggling uh, Luton Town and Forest which you know I I think over Christmas the twenty third and the twenty sixth if we've got our players back by then that could get us back on track. Um, but you know, then we've got that wonderful week that we talked about earlier in the week, which is Liverpool away on the first, Sunderland away on the sixth, and Man City at home on the thirteenth. Uh, followed by a nice little game against Villa on the Tuesday night. So it's uh, it's exciting. We'll play Luton Town as well. This is interesting. It's funny how these things happen. We're talking about Christmas fixtures and how teams used to play each other back to back within days of each other. And Newcastle play Luton on the twenty third of December. And then they play the home fixture on the third of February. It's quite a short gap between yeah, uh, between those games. And we play. We actually play Luton and Forest on the twenty third and the twenty sixth of December. But then we play Luton and Forest on the third and the tenth of February. We had that. I'm very rarely you see that wow. when the teams play back to back fixtures against each other so close together. I'm just waiting for somebody to turn around and say it's taking you back to your days, Dave. Yeah, taking us back to your days, Dave. <laughs> What did they used to play? <laughs> Christmas Day and Boxing Day, back to back, home and away. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right, we were talking about it back with Daz the, the other days. morning. We were talking Bad about it yesterday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, yeah. Not, I'm not too down, I'm not too down, lads. It's, um, uh, you know, it was coming, we knew it would come at some point, so we've just got to accept it, move on, and, you know, just hope that things pick up. But we're, I always just think back to where we were. You know, look back to where we were a couple of uh, a couple of years ago, lads, and you know, up and down like a yo-yo. Um, you know, Mike Ashley not wanting to spend. I just any said money. yo-yo, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, so for me personally, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna be down about something like that. We'll crack on, lads. We'll crack on. Well, we haven't All done right. the team headlines yet, so we'll talk. We'll we'll dig no. deeper into Newcastle's. You know, performance uh, and looking ahead the weekend, but we've got to do the team news, fellas. You know, I'm trying to keep you on track here. At least one thing Please about do. Radio Dad is, you know, I like to keep you, you know, and aligned, aligned with all our planning. So um, I think Did it's you miss yesterday's, Dave. Did you <laughs> <miss> <laughs> I was very impressed the way the way you guys oh. kept chipping. Uh, well, it uh, it is eight o'clock and time for the news. It's like wow. Why don't you do that with I mean? Dave, make your mind up, Dave. Why don't you he didn't listen to the show? <laughs> I did say it was on in the office in the afternoon and they caught bits. So, and there's me trying to yeah. tell you I'm impressed and now you're slagging right. me off. Oh, Thank you. Just can't Thank you. win. Just no, can't look, win. Look, you know, you know, just what, you know, you're in safe hands with us three, 
right? Just, you know, one day you, you and Daz can just sleep in. We'll, we've got this now. You know what I mean? Oh, Absolutely. Oh, got that would be Dave, we'll for the headlines, man. Come on. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> hey. Just give me... The power of the buttons, mate, and then let it can all... Soon do that, mate. No. Don't, no, never do, do that. that. Never oh, do that. I'll be sleeping until 10 o'clock. I'll be like a baby, I'm telling you. I'll take I'll take the morning breakfast show into Daz's show. I'll get a quiz that sweeps the nation, all right? Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Here we go. Mackham's and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland. Sorry, we're obviously playing the wrong one with no yeah. ready to go there this morning. We were not ready to go, Sunderland <laughs> fans. We were not. <laughs> the date and time has been set for our Emirates FA Cup third round tie against Newcastle United. The Black Cats host the Magpies at the Stadium Light on Saturday, the 6th of January. Kickoff is at 12.45pm in the first Weir Tyne derby since 2016. The fixture has also been selected for live broadcast by ITV and really is the pick of the third round fixtures given the fierce rivalry over the years. The club have stated on the SAFC website that ticketing information will be released in due course. And fans obviously got an early glimpse of Derby's success last night as Macam goalie Jordan Pickford single-handedly destroyed Newcastle's title <laughs> ambitions in a 3-0 rout. <clears throat> Sunderland are reportedly interested in Benjamin Rollheiser as they prepare for clubs to make a move for Jack Clark during the January transfer window. Rollheiser currently plays for Estudiantes in Argentina and he managed to score 12 goals in all competitions last season. He previously scored twice across the entirety of his career before that campaign. The Times reports that Sunderland have made a move for Rollheiser but it will cost £6 million. However, you would imagine that it will have reservations while the Black Cats do not yet have a manager in place. And finally, former England international turned pundit Carlton Palmer has had his say on the potential appointment of Will Still as Sunderland manager, claiming it would be a great move for both parties. He said, another name that's been mentioned for the vacant manager's role at Sunderland is Will Still, the current manager of Reims, who are in the fifth place in the race for Champions League football in France. Would he leave Reims to manage Sunderland? 110% if he was given the opportunity. This would be an exciting appointment. He's young, likes working with young players and developing them, which fits into Sunderland's criteria. His parents are English and he was born in Belgium. For such a young man, he's already experienced different roles in the game, from analyst to scout to assistant manager and now manager. So I guess we'll now need to ask, will the Will Still story stay still, or will we test Will's will and steal still as he seemingly fits the Sunderland bill? And that's your headlines. <laughs> Magpies and Proud, Mag News. Newcastle United suffered their fifth defeat of the season following a 3-0 loss against Everton last night at Goodison Park. Newcastle looked to be heading for a draw, but the fatigued visitors were undone by three goals in the final 11 minutes of the game after Dwight McNeil, Albert Decoury and Becco all got on the score sheet. Callum Wilson expects Anthony Gordon to become an England international, providing he continues to impress at Newcastle. Alongside Nick Pope and Kieran Trippier, the number nine is one of three tuned players with the three Lions recognition to his name. Six goals and five assists in 13 Premier League games has showcased a man reborn following his nightmare at Everton, helping England under-21s win the Euros over the summer, where he was named Player of the Tournament. Also stands him in good stead with the England manager Gareth Southgate. And, as Ted has already mentioned, Newcastle made the short trip to Wearyside uh, in the third round of this season's FA Cup on Saturday, January the 6th, with a 12.45 kickoff, and it will be live on ITV. 
away allocation of tickets and prices are still awaited. This is the first time we had Derby in the FA Cup since a quarter-final tie in 1956 and the first time ever the Newcastle United and the Mackhams have met in a competitive match when not in the same division. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Friday morning. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. Welcome in to your Friday headlines. We have got football to talk about. We are missing some players, but that won't slow us down. Middlesbrough will be without 10 first-team players as they invite second-place Ipswich Town to the Riverside on Saturday. Forever coy on the injury front, Michael Carrick was keen only to talk about those that are available rather than the ones that aren't. Michael was quick to say, however, it hasn't changed the Middlesbrough approach come January. Michael said, you have to be careful buying someone to replace an injury because at some point that player will return and you would have bought someone in. So it's all just a great balancing act. And on that transfer front, a fresh update from the Daily Mail has revealed that Nottingham Forest have banished their captain, Joe Worrell, from first team training and confirmed he will be allowed to leave the club in January. Along with fellow centre-back Scott McKenna, who has also been banished completely from the first team training. Uh, both men have been linked to Middlesbrough previously with Worrell the most recent in time. Could be interesting front there. Michael Carrick has also sent his best wishes over to Tony Mowbrow. Oh, Tony. Admitting it was sad to see the Middlesbrough legend lose his job at Sunderland this week. Carrick said, in position I'm in, it's never nice to see a fellow manager or head coach lose their job for whatever reason. I know Tony and I've spoken to him over a period of time from being here. We played against him a few times and he's a good man. Oh, isn't he ever? Come on, Sunderland. And Middlesbrough will be buoyed by their performance against a strong Leeds squad last week, losing to a penalty that never should have been and hosting the second place team. There won't be much motivation needed for those who do take the pitch on Saturday. Come on, the Borough! Hey, fellas, I've, I'm really excited. We've got a new gizmo in the studio. A new gizmo? Ooh, a new gizmo. Talk to us. I know you've all got to do a okay. sharp intake of breath and go, ooh. Okay. Um, ooh. Because tomorrow on the red, only on the red, tomorrow on the red, uh, we're doing our first match day live, so we're going to be in a local pub yeah. uh, on the on basically within a stone's throw of the riverside, starting at midday, twelve o'clock, head of the three o'clock kickoff, <laughs> and we're going to be broadcasting live with all the borough fans as they come into the pub and quaff their beers. So we've got a new gizmo yes. to test. And do you know what I might do while we're doing the show this morning? We need to test it in advance. I may go walk. I may go walk about while while we're chatting. Oh, and um, oh. Yeah, and I just thought it was going to be like a waterproof microphone or something that you drop into a beer or something like that. Well, I mean, we can stick a we can stick a plastic background that. if that's what you really want, mate. I mean, you know? true. Yeah, I mean, bit, bit of a microphone so, in the beer. So, so we might just I might just set that up shortly, and you'll hear me go walk about okay. around the building, see if it works. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go over to the riverside. You're not, you're not see going what's outside with it, are you, Dave? At this temperature, mate, this time of the morning, I oh, might be daft, but I'm not worried. crazy. <laughs> just people will see a, a man of, of, of mature years walking around, you know, chuntering onto himself, <laughs> talking into a little box. Just, you know, carted off to St. Luke's to finish the rest of the show. I tell you what, mate, that's you off the Christmas card list. Gone! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just looking out for you. <laughs> Lads, I've got, to, I've got to ask as well. We've got to take a cheeky bet this morning, I reckon. Ooh. Stephen, Ted and I, I want to take a cheeky bet this morning on will or will not. Will, will. Dave. Will, will. Will, will Dave. Not. Will still, will still. Will Dave get a bacon buddy or not from Daz? That's my best. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, Friday yeah, yeah. morning prediction. Hey? He's Mr. Did, Money. He, did, he, did he slag me off at all yesterday? Did he slag me off at all? No, he didn't. He didn't. No, no oh, slagging less, at all. Less, no. reason, less no. reason for him to bring a bacon buddy in. So I want to 
No, oh, Radio Uncle. <laughs> it's only an apology. It's an apology bacon buddy, is it? That's his new name, Radio Uncle. I did hear what he was called on the show yesterday <laughs> because it was on in the office yeah, we, in the afternoon. They called snippets, even though I didn't listen to it. <laughs> so, oh, lads, Ted didn't want that topic, to <laughs> topic for topic for today. Former um, Newcastle United player. Wow, um, Joey Barton, who oh. uh, is oh. currently oh. sitting at home twiddling his thumbs. Um, really went to town yesterday on Twitter. Um, he was clearly at a loose end. He was either sitting on a train looking to amuse himself or he genuinely got some kind of buzz out of winding probably... Or just all going through the, a nasty divorce. All of the women on Twitter yesterday. Uh, he was basically saying, and again, this is uh, Joey Barton's opinion, not mine, uh, before we start getting letters of complaint or uh, messages to the uh, the WhatsApp, that he, he felt that women really didn't have a place commentating on the men's game. And that, as far as he was concerned, women commentating on the men's game equals lack of opportunities for former male professionals to, to, to comment on the men's game. And what started off as one tweet ended up in just, you know, a constant barrack of Mirage. messages backwards <laughs> and forwards between him and lots of people. He ended up on uh, Talk TV, I think it was, with um, with Piers Morgan to, to talk about it. He got what he wanted out of it. He, For me, he got some airtime. He got a bite. He did. He got, got some airtime. Yeah. And he got a chance to put stuff through. And. Ultimately, he shared, you know, one particular video um, of a, of a woman who was commentating about the Man City RP Leipzig game, and she got listen. She made a mistake. We're all prone to making mistakes when we're broadcasting, but I think I think fair enough. Have an opinion. It's your it's your ex account. You can say what you want as long as you say it within the community guidelines. Then you know it, it, you know it's up to you. You'll be judged by those people who read it, and and that's that. And opinions opinions are like. Uh, certain regions of our body will all have one, and from my from my perspective, I just think it was wrong for him to highlight one particular person because that then ends up as a, as a social media bullying, you know, a, a bullying situation with that poor girl. She was getting, you know, she would would be getting stick, and I just felt that was wrong. If you've got an opinion, yeah. by all means, put it out there. You'll be judged by those people on that social media platform, and that's that. But I just think it, it was a, a proverbial can of, of worms and, and, you know, some of the stuff on there yesterday. I mean, I, I wasn't aware of it until the lads, you know, pointed it out in the WhatsApp group that we don't mention that it was that it was ongoing. And I think we tagged you only once. You did. Well, well obviously, yeah, I've, we did I've, I've, I've got that. I've got that. I've got that WhatsApp. The good thing about you adding me in that WhatsApp group is that I don't see it until I actually go into the WhatsApp group. So it was a, it was a futile attempt, lads, to wind us up. Um, we are like kids. We'll just create a new group. It's fine. We'll just create a new group and keep adding you. Uh, well, you could, new group. You could do that, but then I'll just block you, which is what I do. Modern, modern problems require modern solutions, Steve. <laughs> we do. But the most modern solution is the block button, and that's dead easy. Um, but we've got yeah. Yeah, we. I mean, what did it look? I mean, I appreciate you sending us it, lads. And obviously, I've, I've met Joey quite a few times. I got to know him quite well when he was at Newcastle. Um, he, he just loves a bit of controversy. It's as simple as that. And you know, he, he's used these social media platforms on more than one occasion to have a pop. And I mean, 
you know, he's 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 been through the mill himself. Uh, some of it brought on himself, I guess, over the years. Um, and you know, he got he got he got a fair bit of stick back yesterday. I just but what did you make of it, lads? I mean, it was carnage, wasn't it, at times? Oh, it was. When I picked up on it, I was it was. I think there was a tweet from a Middlesbrough fan that had um that obviously I followed and and brought light to it about um somebody's let Joey out of the cage or something like that. And then I managed to then open up the Joey Barton Twitter feed and. In what I read over 41 to 42 different tweets of absolute just anarchy. I mean, the man has lost his head. It was incredible. And the, the, the big thing in there as well is it was the disgusting moment was for me. Look, everyone's entitled to their opinion, whether it's right or wrong. You know, that's what social media is for. And that's what causes, you know, so much carnage in this day and age is that people have a voice. You know what I mean? And some people probably shouldn't have a voice. Joey Barton's recently out of work. Obviously, he got sacked at Bristol uh, he was the the gaffer of uh, of young Joshy Coburn for a bit there as well. So I don't know what's happened, but I hope Joshy Coburn hasn't learned anything off him. But uh, it was just a mess for me and it was just not needed. Uh, and, and the thing for me was like, I guess he's entitled to his opinion. He's an ex-player. Uh, he obviously is out of work now. He's been sacked as Bristol manager. He's probably looking for a commenta- commentating gig or some sort of pundit work and he thinks that all the, got you know, no chance that now. the, the yeah, he's got no chance now, but he, he thinks that all the stations and all the media outlets obviously filling their quota, as he said, as he had to say, uh, which I thought was just disgusting because I think, you know, I don't think there's a quota. I think the best person fills the job, whether they're male or female. And one thing for me was that, uh, well, like Steve said, was when he dragged in uh, the, the poor lass that was just doing the predictions. Uh, that's when I was a bit like, nah, mate. So, cause, and, that, and that's what kicked it off was with, with he, he, he referenced a video of a, of a poor lass that was just at Man City, just doing her predictions. And like, like I do, I mean, I do the Middlesbrough predictions and, you know, I'm, the, I'm not anyone, I don't know. I just love my team and I want to do predictions and talk to the fans and everything like that. And that's all that she was doing. She was just doing it from inside the stadium. And he came on and berated her and said that it's not needed and not worth it in our game. So it was a disgusting sort of change of attitude. And I think Joey's always been on the edge of that, hasn't he? He's always been the type of person to to, to float on that that, that line quite cautiously. Uh, and like you guys said, he's probably just got the social media wind up to get himself on TV right. with Piers, get himself a bit of a payday, because I'm sure he wouldn't have gone to the Piers Morgan show for free. Uh, he's gotten his, his Twitter, Twitter analytics up for the rest of the year. He's probably below the quota uh, for 2023. And... Uh, well done, Joey. You know. So from well my done. point of view, right? From my point of view, I personally don't sit and watch the the analysis. I'm less inclined to watch the analysis if it's a female footballer that I don't know, because um, I don't watch the female football. You know, I don't watch the game. I watch the World Cup and I watch the Euros when England have played because it's because it, it's your your national team and they've they've done well and 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 I've enjoyed it. But I'm not uh, as per se. I am not. Somebody who goes and watches the, you know, Newcastle United's women's team. I don't follow that. I follow Newcastle United's first team. Keep an eye on what's going on with the development players coming through. But it's not for me. It's not something that I do. I've got other things that I do other than watch football. And if I start to follow in the women's game as well, it would be a completely different thing. So when a woman comes on from a particular team, um, let's say Manchester United, Chelsea, whatever, and, and starts commentating on on. A Newcastle fixture on a Sky game that I potentially might be watching, I don't, I don't sit and listen to it uh, because it doesn't really, it doesn't interest me, and I don't know, you know, for me, it's just not for me. If though, Shea Given was on, who who seems to be getting quite a lot of pundit work, 
and he's got something to say about what, what he's just watched in front of him, or Alan Shearer's on, I'll sit and listen to them, because they're people who I know, I've watched, and whose opinion I respect. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, the one thing I would say, and I'll flip it as far as Joey Barton's argument's concerned, purely to be devil's advocate, is that when I've watched the women's game, and I've watched the Women's World Cup, um, there seems to be a lack of use of our presenters, if you like, who've covered the men's game for years. So, for example, if Newcastle, uh, if, if, if England are playing, um, you don't see Gary Lineker hosting the show. You see his female equivalent, and you don't see a former England international from the men's team giving his opinion on what he is watching on 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 the World Cup for the Women's World Cup, it's it's two women, it's two women, ex players plus a female presenter. So for me, you know, if if it was the other way around, the, there would probably be complaints going in because why you got this and why have you got why why haven't you why aren't you doing it the, the other way around? But it, I don't know. It, it it's it's always going to be a bone of contention. People love to have an argument these days. People love to start. People love to make something out of something that it's not, but. I think Joey Barton did this for one reason and one reason only, to get that kind of, look at me, a bit of publicity, a bit of, you know, here I am, um, you know, I'm out of a job, get me some work, which, you know, he's allowed to do. But at the same time, you know, I think he's just created another whirlwind of, of, of social media arguments. You know, there'll be some people who woke up yesterday in the morning thinking, oh, I've got loads of plans. They'll have spent six hours on Twitter. <laughs> Doing the heads in over this, doing this argument and, and not making any money. But Ted, I mean, yep. it, Ted, it's such a, it's such a contentious issue. But I, I think you might know where I'm coming from. I mean, look, we've all got the option of if you don't like listening to something, go and do something else. Uh, exactly. While that person's on the TV, we've all got the we've all got a remote control, or we can all get up out of a chair and press the the, the reduce volume or off button for that period yep. of time. You know, it, it's pointless getting your proverbial knickers in a twist over this. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I absolutely I, I see your point totally on this, and, and it's all down to personal preference. And while you're kind of you you're perfectly entitled, Steve, to go like, I oh, do you know what that bit doesn't interest me, so I'm not going to watch that. I'll watch when the game comes on. I'll watch the match live and all that sort of thing. And do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, mate. Absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Me personally, if if, if somebody you know was was talking about Sunderland on the TV, as in the football team, um, I, w- I would listen anyway. It's anything to do with the club. I drink it in, no matter who's saying it, what's being said, all that kind of thing. But that's just a personal preference. That's that's again. My, my opinion on that matter is just as valid as yours and, and, and vice versa, Steve. So the reason, obviously, that, you know, that they'll push, um, obviously, an all-female presenting crew, I guess, for things like the World Cup is, is obviously, they're trying to grow the sport. So from a marketing point of view, um, you know, you, you want more girls out there that, that other girls can identify with and kind of go, well... You know, even if I can't make it in in the the women's game, then maybe there's a, a career in journalism for me or sports journalism, that kind of thing. It's it's all about sort of growing an area that is where women have historically been a minority, um, and kind of growing that marketplace, I guess. And that's why you know you you will start to see women taking up uh, commentating roles and and journalism roles within the sport, like what we're seeing, and we're seeing a growing number of people doing that. Where Joey Barton comes into this is just, I mean, for one, 
you never punch down. You never, ever, ever punch down. And singling someone out, if he wanted to say a general comment about women in football, then, you know, as unfortunate as it is, he's entitled to his opinion on that. But when you start singling people out, I'm sorry, that's just flat-track bullying. And I, yeah, I, the, there's I words agree. I would love to use about Joey Barton for that, um, but I can't <laughs> because Dave would probably get rid of me rather quickly. Um, but yeah, Against Joey Barton, mate, you might stand a chance. Well, yeah, true enough. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, this this guy's got form for being a bully. We're talking about years ago when he, he stubbed a cigar out in a young player's eye at a, at a Christmas do. Yeah. This guy is yeah. a prat of the highest order. And to be honest, yeah, all he's done is highlighted what a prat he is, what a bigot he is, and basically just showing how unemployable he is, either in the media world or as a football manager, who ultimately... Football clubs now not only have the, the men's teams, the junior teams, but women's teams and girls' teams as well. There's not a club with an inch of moral fibre would take him now. Yeah, it's no, interesting to see you guys talk. Um, there's a couple of things in this conversation, and, and you've really got to tread carefully in this modern day and age um, with with social expectation as, as it is. Um, the point on, on women on, on, on men's football... Uh, make no mistake about it. That was a conscious decision by network chief execs. It was. It was. We need to reflect uh, the women's game in the men's in the men's game. So let's go out and find somebody who can be on a, a punditry panel. Uh, that was. That was a. That was a definite one hundred percent intended decision by somebody. Um, and then the others followed suit. So I don't know whether it was the Beeb first. I think it was who put a female on a men's panel in men's football, so suddenly Sky had to react, ITV, Channel 4 when they do games, etc. They all felt they had to follow suit. So that was a pressure from modern day, the modern day social environment we live in, that somebody made a decision, everybody felt they had to follow suit. So, you know, make no mistake about it, that was, that, that was, that was almost social pressure to do that. Which is great because suddenly people who so used to seeing blokes on TV talking about football will suddenly see a professional female footballer and maybe, just maybe, they'll start thinking about the women's game, which is on the rise. It's fantastic. And that's why you don't see a man. You're right, Ted. That's why you don't see a man normally on, on a punditry panel for a women's game because they're growing the sport. So that's that. That's a completely separate issue to what happened with Joey Barton. Where Joey Barton, and you're right, Sadly, he is he is entitled to his own opinion. Sadly, I use that term. Where he crossed the line for me yesterday was by singling out that Manchester City fan. He was yes. basically saying women shouldn't be in football. That's what he was basically yep. saying by singling yep. out that individual in question. Yep. And quite rightly, Correct. she's got every right to be in the stadium. Quite rightly, she's got every right to be proud of following a team. Quite rightly, she's got every right to be... Well, I suppose technically she's not allowed to be shooting video inside the football stadium because there are ground regulations to stop you. But, you know, clubs don't <laughs> stop fans from doing that. So quite rightly, she's got every right to do what she's doing. And for him to single out her was basically Barton going the next step that his mouth didn't, which was to say women shouldn't be in football. That's what he did wrong yesterday. Yep. no, I completely yep. agree. Fully yep. agree. And that's, yep, that's perfectly summed up. And. And I think I think there's not much more we can say on it really, other than that. I just 
Yes. Well, we're delighted to welcome Joey Bond to uh, the show yeah. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a Joey. There's, there's a Joey from Bristol on the line. <laughs> I mean, let, Hi, let's Joey, face it. Good to speak to you. you f- <laughs> <laughs> let, let's, fa- let's face it, lads. I mean, he's you know his managerial career hasn't exactly been a huge success either, has it? No. So no. I, I think no. what he did yesterday was he, he more or less you know curtailed any opportunity that he's got in this current day and age. Of of getting a, a media job and it's a pity yeah. because you know when he when he when he is you know on stage doing a talk in for example um like i've done with him in the past he's quite an intelligent bloke um and mm-hmm. i just think that you've made your name now you've been controversial in the past we can all change we can all you know we, we all deserve a second chance if you like but you know, I just think he's put himself back to the right to the back of the queue now, and and it's he's never going to be accepted. There are certain networks which will which will entertain you. We saw that last night, and you know that is it. That is it. You know he's you know I, yeah, I but that is it. Where, full stop. Now I don't know where his he punditry, goes. Now. His punditry career on TV yeah. lasted Piers Morgan. That was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, yeah, no I, one I, else I really, paid I, him. Yeah. I really do. Has the Daily really Sport got a TV channel? Or? <laughs> 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 I mean, from I think from my point of view as well with Joey Barton, I think he just uh, like I say, he he just does these things to be controversial, and and, and that's it. And I I don't think it'll be the last we hear from him on social media. I think he'll continue no. to he'll continue to stoke the fires, um, and and yeah, we, we will see how it all progresses. But we go around in circles with this, Dave. I mean, you've worked on the continent, you know, with and that's not incontinent, Dave. <laughs> Stop it, Riley. Get this cushion out again. You've worked on you've worked on the continent. I mean, it was. It, am I right in thinking it was a European idea with you know women in women in sport, women in football on TV? Because I remember I remember when Gazette the US have done it. used to be on the US. Have yeah. Because they do have their their women's football was actually far in advanced uh, in terms of infrastructure than the men's because you know it was considered quite well and still is considered by some Neanderthals over in in America that you know it's a girly sport. Um, so the US have done it for a while. I've seen some of the uh, US women's national team team members on uh, on punditry, punditry panels for for men's football for some time. Because I think that was part of the reason, you know, I mean, obviously, from from our perspective, it's different. In in the UK, women's football has grown from strength to strength, and we have more female presenters on various programmes because of that. But I think it was Ita- it was the Italian networks who started using yeah. women as the yeah. uh, as the main host on their programmes. But shall we say that the um, there was the reason was, the reason was, they were being picked yes. wasn't the fact that they'd kicked a ball for yeah, <laughs> yeah, the indeed. Italian women's football team. Yes, that's right. Uh, let's just so, say they. Do you um, think that? They had other yeah. assets. Yeah, they had other assets. Yeah. So do you think that's the reason? We'll do you think that's the reason? Them. Yeah, yeah, the work. Uh, do you think that's the reason that there was, uh, you know, maybe the people are a little bit more, how can we put it, insulting towards having female presenters in this country because these other women, you know, the, the women in Italy have come forward and people are just going, oh, well, they're just trying to do what they're doing in these other countries. Do you think that's, do you think that's potentially the reason that no, I don't think somebody so. like Joey Barton has a pop? No, um, I mean, I can't tell you the reason why Joey Barton has a pop other than, obviously, he has his own opinions. and He's not the first person to do it, mate. No, he's not. No, he's not. This, is, this has been rumbling now, you know, for the, for the past... I've seen, it, I've seen it rear its head a couple of times in the last three or four months um, from different people. Um, 
But the reason, the reason, the honest reason why you're now seeing in the UK female footballers on men's football panels, if we can phrase it that way, is because there's social expectation. There's pressure on on media execs to um, to be politically correct, um, to to appear to be. Um, yeah, to appear to be conforming to what the expectation uh, of of what the present day norm is, and that is to include women. You know, there is that pressure that's sitting there, and, and make no mistake about it, that first decision was a politically correct driven decision to have a female face on a men's football panel. Um, you can't hide that fact. That is true. Now, that's that that's got nothing to do with how well the female footballer pundits are doing. You know, some of them are speaking very well indeed on, on football panels. I mean, it's, you know, like you say, it's it's either your thing or it isn't your thing uh, from a viewing perspective. But, you know, people like Joey Barton decides uh, that women shouldn't be in the game and, and he's got he's to get himself some column inches. Mm. Mm. Okay, Disgusting. we'll watch it. Yeah. We'll watch it with interest. We'll watch it with interest. Okay, we've got about six minutes till we come to uh, to the news headlines at the top of the hour. So Whoa, trailing look, ahead, get in. Let's look at let's Whoa. look at Paul Pogba. Um, uh, news coming out last night that um, he could face up to a four year ban after testing positive for uh, testosterone. Uh, count, the counter analysis results also returned positive. Is that is that kind of ban? Is that too long? Or is it not enough, lads? Because, you know, ultimately taking something, um, you know, to enhance performance is, you know, it, it, it's it's cheating. There's no other word for it. Um, but with football, you don't hear much about this. You, you tend to hear a lot about it with, you know, say weightlifting in, in the Olympics, for example. Uh, cycling. We've seen some mm-hmm. big controversies in, in the Tour de France. People who compete in those. Lance big... Armstrong, probably the biggest out of the lot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great documentary <laughs> that on uh, on Sky about him. But we don't often hear it with football. But this is dragged on a little bit. And Pogba, who was you know once regarded as one of the world's greatest talents um, in in modern day football, is seems to be you know seems to be you know well he's fell off his pedestal and seems to be you know going further down the mountain. But what what's what's your views on this? Because I think. I think a four-year ban for this, and I mean again, we don't know the full ins and outs. Is it something he's? Is it something that he's taken unknowingly? Is it something that he's that he's taken, you know, knowing knowing exactly what it what he's doing? I mean, what's your what's your views, lads, on this? Is is a four-year ban well, enough, or is it is it too much? For me, I mean, if right, and and there's the, there you go, Dave. See if. It's it's proven that he's um, <clears throat> tried to buy performance enhancing drugs and he wants a refund because he's been crap for about four years. Classic. So, so good to honestly, see, good to see I, the legal I, training kicking in here. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, 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 my solicitor helped me with that one. Um, <laughs> she also brought you coffee um, this morning, did she? <laughs> Absolutely, you're not, you're not even wrong. <laughs> um, it's it's a strange one. I mean, it, it, for one, I'm being serious, though. Like, Sorry. performance enhancing drugs, Paul Pogba. What does it actually do, though? What does it? testosterone do? It, it's a, it, I mean, I don't understand. I know, I mean, I thought it was for... In the it makes Joey Barton you know go a mean? bit mad on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought it was just going to help him, you know. It says, I'm, I'm reading here that testosterone can help with increased muscle and bone mass, where I thought it helped with bone mass, but the other bone mass, if you get one of my drift, you know what I mean? And the growth of body hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that, that's, I don't get what he's, what this has done to enhance his performance on the pitch. Makes you look like a caveman. 
God. He's oh, just God. a hairy. He's just a more hairy midfielder. If that puts people off, then then so be it. I don't know. Who, like, it's just. It's, uh, yeah, I completely don't understand it. But I, uh, if if that's what he's taking to be a better footballer, then and it's illegal, then you know you've broken the rules, and that's it. So. Unfortunately, um, four years is a I bit think rough, anybody, that's the end of his career. Well, I think any anybody who, who is is found guilty of um, of taking performance enhancing drugs, and we don't, I, you know, I'm I'm not clever enough to understand how each individual drug would enhance your performance and what it does to the body. But if 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 that's what's proven, they should be kicked out of the game for a, for a chunk of time. Four years, God, that sounds long. Um, you know, because you've got to come back that with that career. stain attached to you anyway and your reputation yeah. as somebody who has cheated. Um, and, and and that in itself would restrict where you could go and probably your earning potential, etc., etc. Four years. I mean, football playing careers are not that long. Four years is huge. I mean, in, in, yeah. in cycling, it's only two years, isn't it? I've seen, you know, people done for a year, for two years. Um, I haven't seen them done for four years. I, I could be well wide of the mark because this is not my, this is not my field. But uh, it seems it seems excessive. Mm. Yeah, if it's four years, Maybe it makes him thirty-four make at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. You're thirty-four at the end of it. There's no way you take Paul Pogba at the age of thirty-four after doping allegations. You know what I mean? It yeah. just doesn't happen. So, and if it is, it's a, it's a you know it's a very very low league club that you know, probably wants the publicity of where the guys that signed Paul Pogba again. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a career ender. So, you know, uh, we're, we're, you know whether he's whether he's done it knowingly or unknowingly, I still don't understand because you're absolutely his performances on the pitch haven't improved either. So he, he'd want to he would want a refund for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, it's as you see, it's an interesting one. With other sports, it, it's something which it certainly can en- enhance performance. But um, this seems to have dragged on for you know. You know for, for an eternity and I just personally can't see I, I can't see how you know his career can can start again after four years I mean we think Tonali has is, is, is got a mountain to climb coming back in August um, you know after a 10 month ban but yeah that that is strange we'll we'll watch with interest as to what happens with Paul Pogba and maybe touch on that again in the future okay here we are 8 o'clock time for your news headlines A bit of a genius, wasn't he? Him and Paul McCartney, both geniuses in their own right. What was the reason for playing that, Steve? Uh, it's the anniversary of John Lennon's death today. Oh, yes. Remember the news breaking. I am old enough. Um, mm. Right, so from Lennon to uh, to tired legs and sore feet, as Gene, Dean's joining us this morning. He reached out literally 10 minutes ago and he went, hey, fellas, can you give us a plug? I'm walking from Willington, Willington Cricket Club to Durham, Durham Cathedral tomorrow to raise money for feeding families. And Dean joins us now. Morning, mate. Morning, how you doing? You yeah, okay? I'm all Morning, right. Dean. I'm all right. Not the right Morning, time of year to be doing these walks, mate. It's blooming freezing out there. I've just seen the forecast for tomorrow as well. I think it's heavy rain throughout the walk, which isn't oh, great. No. But there you go. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> give us, give us all the reasons why, mate. Why, why are you doing it? Um, basically, my daughter came home about three weeks ago with some leaflets saying, "Dad, please, please help." Obviously, with my film stuff, she thought, you know, I could, you know, get in touch with the media and and stuff. And and we actually visited the the local um, office, and it, it was pretty heartbreaking, if I'm honest, when you yeah. realise what some people are going through um this is feeding so families isn't it feeding families yeah sorry um and they offer like support 
and security to people across the northeast who are experiencing food poverty. And the scary statistic is they've already potentially going to help 11,316 households this Christmas, and that number is rising as we get closer to Christmas. Wow. Um, and they've already, through this, this is stats from them, by the way, emergency meals donated in the past year, this is what scared me, 346,731, and that is terrifying. Um, and that is just across the northeast. Um, so it's scary. And um, I thought, what can we do? I'm not, I know, I'm, I'm in my 50s now. I'm not the fittest, I admit that. So I just said to a good friend of mine who happens to, this is where this even gets worse, lads. He's a sergeant major, so this is going to be fun tomorrow, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> in the rain with a sergeant major and with an unfit 51-year-old. Absolute um, no mercy there, mate. <laughs> And all he keeps saying is, we can have a couple of pints when we get to the end. I'm like, I'll be lucky if I'm even walking by the time we get to the end, let alone have a pint. But um, it's it's literally um, to do this, to to raise funds for them, to raise awareness, because it is it it is desperately needed. And I and I didn't realise. I mean, you you know it's you know it's going on. We all know it's going on. But until you sort of step foot in these places and see what they're doing, and you look in these, you know, they're they're warehouses, and they're literally full of boxes full of food that are going to people that just need help and it really is and i just thought i'm so passionate about this i've got to do it so i thought what can i do in this short amount of time um so um willington cricket club's a big love of mine and i'm going to walk there to durham cathedral very iconic and along the way hopefully pick up some some friends and colleagues to help me along and and hopefully as well obviously raise loads of money for them well done yeah we did a little bit with them me and Dave did a little bit for um, feeding families when we did the curry night at Raval Restaurant earlier uh, earlier this earlier this year, and we you know we managed to raise yeah. a thousand pounds for them. And for us, it was it was really important getting involved with them because you know big big multi-purpose charities, you know multinational charities have all the backing in the world, and you know these these local charities, especially at this time of year, really need our help. Um, you know, and it's it's a travesty that we we'll have to have things like food banks, the Northeast Food Bank, the Sunderland Food Bank, you know, and and, and feeding families are, are doing a fantastic job, mate. So so credit to you, mate, and um, you know, good luck with it because uh, you know, as I say, people like you make a huge difference. I've noticed no, one. Thank you very much. I've noticed yeah. I've noticed one 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 four part in your plan. You're finishing at Durham Cathedral. That means when the legs are absolutely shot, you're then going to walk up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's why the sergeant major might be there. To be honest, he's, I think he might be on pig, he might be on piggyback duties by the time we get to Durham, <laughs> which might be embarrassing. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, it, it, it's going to be. I mean, like I say, people keep going. Oh, it's only seven miles. I'm like seven miles for someone that does does no fitness work apart from running around after the kids. You know, um, I'm a filmmaker, so I'm lazy. So I, I also I eat the wrong foods. I, I you know I shouldn't. I eat loads of junk food. Uh, so to do it is, is going to be an achievement for us and I, you know, I called him in because I know that he'll help us along the way and Brilliant. keep me, keep me, get me because when it gets towards the end and I am absolutely shot, as you've said, he'll he'll be there just to say, come on, we can do it and, and hopefully I've got a few members of the, my family and friends to wait for us at Durham Cathedral to, to get us over that finish line, as we say. Yeah, and uh, Google's telling me it's two hours, 39 minutes, mate, to do it, so... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that'll double that. <laughs> <laughs> it might be two hours 39 minutes for a sergeant major but it'll be probably near four hours for a, for a 51 year old fat bloke from durham <laughs> brilliant love it love it um if people want to try and get involved contribute in any way have you got any um any any sites up where people can you know make a few donations 
Yeah, so it's across all my social media. Um, so it's Dean Midas Films, and Midas is M-I-D-A-S, Dean Midas Films, and I'm across all of the social networks everywhere, so you'll find it, and I've put my links everywhere this morning for people to donate. And we've already had one donation, which is lovely. So we're up to £188 already, and the target's 500 So um, So we're, we're edging away at it. Brilliant. Uh, what kind you- of films do you make, Dean? Horror films. So I make short horror films. So... Um, Scary oh, ones. So he's taking the camera on the walk because that'll be a bit of a horror, horror, horror moment for you, it, won't it? <laughs> it will when I get to the North Road in Durham. I'm telling you that now. But um, yeah, it will be. We're getting someone to come along and just film bits of it. And obviously, along the way, I will be um, asking people to help us and donate as we go along. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be doing a little bit of video blog of it, and we'll put it out um, maybe tomorrow afternoon, just to let everyone know what we've done who maybe's missed it. You're going to come on Monday yeah. morning. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll be okay to talk. Don't just don't ask me to walk to your studio because you'll have no chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever need, if you, if you ever need a monster, mate, uh, we can fly right over from Australia, mate. He's, he doesn't need any makeup. He's, he's cheap. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're low budget, so that'll do me nicely. <laughs> and, he, and, he often, and he often wails like a banshee on this program, so it'll yeah, be perfect. Exactly, mate. exactly. It's <laughs> very Brilliant. true. It's very true. Got a good scream. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me, give, give me, give me a shot, right? Give me a scream. <laughs> um, the Barrow! That'll get you up that hill tomorrow. Don't you worry you about go. that. Watching Michael Carrick and the Barrow get up tomorrow. <laughs> I'm literally going to save that and play it as I'm getting to North Road tomorrow. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, be like Rocky in your ears. There you go. Yeah, no, good luck with it, mate. It's a great. It's honestly, I was muted for a bit there. Uh, I was listening in. I just had a screaming baby in the background, and I didn't want to ruin anything. But uh, honestly, uh, great achievement, great effort, and great that you've uh, decided to do something as well. And it's incredible that you know it's, uh, how we get inspired these days. And obviously, you seeing a warehouse full of you know crates of food just can. You know, it changes you, doesn't yeah. it? And and seeing how many people uh, are suffering from um, from poverty and homelessness, and and you know, you, you think at Christmas time when it's you know, you've got family around, you've got full you know dinners, uh, full tables worth of food, and that someone else is going hungry, it just doesn't cross your mind as as much as it should. So good on you for making an effort. Good on you for doing something. And uh, yeah, I I, I I I was twelve years in the military, mate. I know exactly what a sergeant major's like. So yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, and uh, I wish you all the best up there, here, mate. And uh, <laughs> take, take care. And uh, just honestly, the, the only advice I'll give you is yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir. That's all you need to say. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm more scared of him than doing the walk, if I'm brutally honest. But there you yeah, go. I would so be I too. I would be too. Yeah. Correct, correct choice of word, <laughs> oh, by God. the way. Correct choice of word. Brutal. <laughs> they can be. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant, Dean. Thanks, mate. We'll yes. talk to you on Monday and, uh, and, and get the, the load down on how it went. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on, lads. Cheers. Yeah, Appreciate brilliant. it. Thank you. Uh, Cheers, Dean, Cheers, Dean. Dean from Dean Midas Films, if you want to search him out on socials and uh, and make a donation. Fantastic stuff. Horror films, man. Horror, horror films? films. I, didn't, yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever heard someone that makes them. I can't do horror. I know I've spoken about this many times on the radio. I, I can't do them. No, I'd be honest. I watched, I watched a great yeah, one last night, lads. Yes, it, was yeah. called, it was called Murder at Goodison. <laughs> <laughs> This small kid was really short arms. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most terrifying part. (laughs) Oh. Let's find out more. There is one there is one I'm looking forward to though, early next year. Uh, it's called the third round. Uh, it's coming out uh, January ish, I think it is. So yeah, the third round is going to be a very a big horror film for for, especially for a neutral. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. 
Excellent. It's trying to be funny, but uh, I'm not biting. I'm not biting. <laughs> <laughs> are you done? And, are you done and dusted with your little uh, your, your little rivalries here? Because it's time for I'm fine. Oh, time for the news well, headlines. Here we go. Time for the news headlines. Magpies and proud mags news. Well, here we go again, lads. The news headlines for Friday morning. And uh, Newcastle suffered their fifth defeat of the season following a 3-0 loss against Everton at Goodison Park. United looked to be heading for a draw, but the fatigued visitors were undone by three goals in the final 11 minutes of the game after Dwight McNeil, Albert Decoury and Biko all scored on the score sheet. Callum Wilson expects Anthony Gordon to become an England international, providing he can continue to impress at Newcastle United. Alongside Nick Pope and Kieran Trippier, the number nine is one of three Toon players with the three Lions recognition to his name. Six goals and five assists in 13 Premier League games have showcased a man reborn following his nightmare at Everton. Helping England under-21s win the Euros over the summer, where he was named player of the tournament, also stands him in good stead with England manager Gareth Southgate. And Newcastle United will make a short trip to Wearside in the third round of this season's FA Cup on Saturday, January the 6th, with a 12.45 kickoff now confirmed, and it's going to be live for the nation on ITV1. The away allocation of tickets and prices are still awaited. This is the first time we had Derby in the FA Cup since the quarter-final tie in 1956, and the first time ever that Newcastle United and the Mackens have met in a competitive match when not in the same division. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Friday morning. Mackhams and Proud, Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. No downbeat tones over this neck of the woods. The date and time has been set for our Emirates FA Cup third round tie against Newcastle United. The Black Cats host the Magpies at the Stadium Light on Saturday, the 6th of January. Kickoff is at 12:45 p.m. in the first Wea Time derby since 2016. The fixture has also been selected by by ITV for live broadcast, and really is the pick of the third round fixtures given the fierce rivalry over the years. The, the club have stated on the SAFC website the ticketing information will be released in due course. Sunderland are reportedly interested in Benjamin Rollheiser as they prepare for clubs to make a move for Jack Clark during the January transfer window. Rollheiser currently plays for Estudiantes in Argentina and he managed to score 12 goals in all competitions last season. He previously only scored twice across the entirety of his career before that campaign. The Times reports that Sunderland have made a move for Rollheiser, but he will cost around £6 million. However, you, you would imagine that he will have reservations while the Black Cats do not yet have a manager in place. Speaking of which, and finally, former England international turned pundit Carl Palmer has had his say on the potential appointment of Will Still, claiming it would be a great move for both parties. He said, another name that's been mentioned for the vacant manager's role at Sunderland is Will Still, the current manager of Reims, who are in fifth place in the race for Champions League football in France. Would he leave Reims to manage Sunderland? 110% if he was given the opportunity. This would be an exciting appointment. He's young, likes working with young players and developing them, which fits into Sunderland's criteria. His parents are English and he was born in Belgium. For such a young man, he's already experienced different roles in the game, from analyst to scout, to assistant manager and now manager. So I guess we'll need to ask, will the Will Still story stay still or will we test Will's will and steal still as he seemingly fits the Sunderland bill? That's your headlines for Sunderland. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. 
Good morning, Borough fans. The headlines out of Australia is that I just burnt my lip on a really hot cup of tea and, ooh, does it sting. I'm going to try and do my best to read these out, but I've got a real big sting and lip. But it's just like the injury list at Middlesbrough is starting to pile up down here in Australia as well. Middlesbrough will be without 10 first-team players as they invite second-place Ipswich Town to talk to... There it is, the lips getting away to take the side on Saturday. Forever coy on injuries. Michael Sarek said he was only keen to talk about those that are available rather than the ones that aren't. Michael was quick to say, however, it hasn't changed the Middlesbrough approach come January. Michael said if you, uh, you have to be careful buying someone to replace anyone that's suffering from an injury because at some point that player will return and then he would have brought someone into his spot. So you have to make it a great balancing act. Understandable there. And on that transfer front as well, a fresh update from the Daily Mail has revealed that Nottingham Forest have banished their captain Joe Worrell from first team training and confirmed that he will be allowed to leave the club in January, along with fellow centre-back Scott McKenna. Both have been linked to Middlesbrough in the previous months, with Joe Worrell being a name that is on everyone's hit list uh, come January. So, banished there for a Nottingham Forest captain. Can you believe it? And Michael Carrick has sent his best wishes over to Mogger, admitting it was sad to see the Middlesbrough legend lose his job at Sunderland this week. Carrick said, in the position I'm in, it's never nice to see a fellow manager or head coach lose their job for whatever reason. I know Tony and I've spoken to him over a period of time from being here. We've played against him a few times and he's a good man. And Middlesbrough will be buoyed by their performance against a strong Leeds squad last week, losing to a penalty that never should have been and hosting the second place team. There won't be much motivation needed for those who do take the pitch on Saturday. Come on the Borough! Tad, Rye and Steve. The North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North the cat and the tan. Okay, 20 past like eight. Crazy. Friday morning, we've made it the to the end of the lip. week. And uh, we've got um, <laughs> we've, we've got a couple of topics to get through. But Ange Postagoglu... Um, before, we go on, is, is before we go on to Ange, we've got whoa, Dan on. Whoa. We've got our guest on. <laughs> Steve, pull those horses back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, now I feel sorry for him. I do. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. Aww. It's his show. You can't control him. All right, it's his show. Go on, Steve. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Ray. Thanks. Do you want me to do an back, intro? Mate. Yes. You do it. You do it, mate. Right. I forgot about okay. you. Again. You've no, sorted Dan out. You've yeah. sorted Dan out. You've got to do the intro. Our That's next lips guest. Swollen. It's one of these really rare opportunities, lads, because. Um, I well, it's it's the son of one of my oldest friends, and when you're bringing a guest on the show who's a fully grown-ass man and an adult now, uh, and obviously remember him being born as well. Uh, Dan is Ugh. a young up-and-coming referee within the Sunderland area. He's a mad keen Sunderland fan as well. Obviously, we want to talk to him about the whole Not referee so thing. Like, why do you get into it? <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Dan, good morning. How are you, mate? Good morning. Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Morning, no, I'm Dan. very good, mate. very good. More power to your elbow for being an up-and-coming referee, mate, than being a Sunderland fan, yeah. I've got to say, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I did warn you in advance, Dave, Dave would love you straight away for being a referee. I guess I guess the first question, yeah. Dan, is, 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 is why? why? <laughs> a, a young lad. <laughs> that is the first question people always ask me. Why? Are you why mad? want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> Especially a young lad. Come on, shed some light on it. What made what what made you take an interest in refereeing first? Um, I mean, when I used to play football for Hetton Juniors, there was just one night at training. They said, "Oh, we're going to put you through the refing badges for anyone who wants to do it." Um, so I think it was about four or five of us went down, um, and it was it was just to earn a bit of money. To be fair, just because I knew I liked football, yeah. I knew the basic rules of it. 
So I thought, oh, how hard can it be? Um, I did realise quite quickly that it's a lot harder. Fair comment. And then I started going to referees association meetings where, like, a lot of referees from around like the northeast get together and just like discuss all things refereeing. And I kind of got a little bit hooked. Um, yeah. And when you get guest speakers like Kevin Friend and Michael Oliver coming in, and they're kind of telling you about their career, it's like, oh, this is this is quite cool, you know. Um, and I've just kind of kept going from there, I guess. Love it, love it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly the same path that I followed. That I did pick up refereeing late. I, I, I played a lot longer. Um, yeah. And it is, I, 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 the guys won't understand it, and they'll probably, you know, probably turn around and say, "You sad pair of buggers, you." But <laughs> when you do sit in these RA meetings and you do have Premier League refs talking to you, and you you are listening to the stories and and and. Yeah. and you know the tales of their career path. You think that could be me. That could be me. And all you've got to do is be a half decent referee and be willing to learn. And it can be you. It you know I'm living proof. You know it it, yeah. it can be this this bloke from Teesside who um, you know who refereed a game in front of 110,000 people in a stadium because that's what happened to me. It does happen. Yeah, yeah, 100. Yeah, um, it's just it's nice to know there's more of a path there and. You know, we, we go to these meetings all the time and they keep saying that the opportunities in refereeing are, like, the best that they've ever been. And, you know, like, you do see it when you're getting to go at certain places and do different things. So what what, uh, what level are you at and what, what sort of age group do you referee, Dan? Um, so I only referee adult football now, really. Um, I'm a level four, which means I referee Good. Northern League. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can be assistant referee in Northern Premier League as well. Um, is, is, so, yeah. is that right? You, you you ran the line for a South Shields game. Was that the televised one? Um, I don't think it was the televised one. Um, but yeah, that was the start of last season, I think. Because um, oh, yeah, like, obviously, obviously, I've known your mum a few years now, and she was proud as punch. Obviously, yeah. obviously if I want to keep t- hold a touch of your career, it's it's uh, you know refer to your mum first because she's always going on about it. Bless her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, yeah. So, with, obviously, yeah. I mean, with, without giving too much away, obviously, you're a young man. You're still in your teens. W- what is the biggest pressure do you do you find for for a young and upcoming referee like yourself? Ooh, I think. Especially when I got a level four, I found that when I'm arriving with two assistant referees, the hardest thing is showing up and people not looking at you as the referee. Because you've got potentially yeah. two older lads stood next mm. to you and they're like, oh, he's the team sheets. So I'm like, nah, pass them this way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're almost starting on the back foot a little bit and you almost have to work a little bit harder at the very start of a game to say that, yeah, I'm, I'm here for a reason and... Um, I can do the job, um, so you just have yeah. to get past that. But how old are you? Yeah, see, that's I'm twenty now. Twenty. Wow. Yeah, twenty-one oh, so in I, January. I, I still had you in your teenagers. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, but that, I, you're dead right. I mean, that is you know that that is a major hurdle being so young. And if you are surrounded by a couple of older guys, is is that credibility factor? And you take that straight oh, onto the pitch because the players will look at you beforehand. Oh, you know, how long's he been doing? He's wet behind the ears. He hasn't got experience. All that, you know. I mean, you've done it long enough now. Even even in your tender years, you've you've been refereeing long enough to realise that that carries onto the pitch. So it's just vitally important you go out there full of confidence and you show them that you can manage the game. You can manage twenty-two players 
you know you yeah. do have that self-belief because I tell you what, fellas, outside of me and Dan talking here, if you go out there being a bit of a timid creature and not wanting to talk, they'll destroy yeah. you. They really will. Oh, yes. They'll they'll look yeah. for any weakness they can to leverage against you. So, no, but, uh, brilliant. It's great to hear, Dan. Great to hear. It's a bit like us with you, Dave. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, Dan. It's Ryan so, here from Australia, mate. I'm going to have to start hitting right. you with the tough questions now. I'm sorry, mate. I apologise. Yeah. Uh, I'm closer to you in age. It's all right. We'll I'll breathe uh, did you say Ted's held you as a baby? We'll forget that. Don't worry about it. Uh, I wanna, what I want to ask you, mate, is when you, when you become a referee, how yeah. do you choose the perfect whistle? Perfect whistle. Fox. I bet he's got a Fox 40. Whistle. I bet he's got a Fox 40. Yeah, it's a Fox 40. Yeah. Yes! Yay! Yay! So great you know whistle. your whistles. I great tool. Serious question. Serious question. We we're, were talking yesterday on the show about young referees in lower leagues now starting to wear body cams. Uh, they've yeah. spoken about how the FA were trialing wearing body cams. I just wanted to ask if you've ever experienced wearing a body cam if, and if as a referee, if it makes you feel at all safer uh, in the lower leagues or anything like that when there's a bit of crowd trouble or and if you're for it. Um, I think I've never experienced wearing one. Um, I don't know how, obviously how successful the trial's been but um, it was trialled in North Riding be... just over the border Dan so I mean you're, you're a Durham ref I'm assuming uh, being in yeah, yeah. County Durham yeah. in North Riding uh, yeah. and North Riding trialled it through Ross Joyce uh, who's a, a football league referee he, he was there yeah. RTO until he moved to to, to Wembley to head office uh, a few weeks ago um, and apparently it's been a massive success and, and, and the guys um, were wearing guys and girls were wearing the body cams reduced a dis yeah, it says descent they've, they've trialled it in yeah. now five yeah 500 games yeah. and they've, they've been so they're so impressed there's been not one incident in the 500 games that a referee's worn a body cam uh, so they're, wow. they're they're loving the trials and they're experiencing uh, they're hoping to spread it out to other referees before bringing it into the higher leagues hopefully to protect referees and to get better on pitch communication back to those uh, sitting on the on the sidelines. So uh, I think it's a, for, for us. We were talking about it yesterday, and we were all for it, especially in the you know the grassroots football and stuff yeah. like that. When you get crowds that are getting a bit rowdy, you get the dad that doesn't like that you just red carded his son or whatever it may be. Uh, I, I guess obviously you, ha you haven't experienced wearing it, but w would you be for it? Would you know if, if you were approached to wear a body cam in, in a game, would you be for it, or is it something you probably you know could do without? Um, I think for me personally, it's probably something I wouldn't do just because of the level I'm at now. Um, mm -hmm. Because the higher you go up, the more protection you get. Um, but Sunday League football, for example, it's a very, very lonely place. Um, when you haven't got assistance yeah. and you're there on your own in the middle of a park. Um, so I can 100% see the benefit of that. And to be fair, if I was still refereeing Sunday League football, I may think about it. Um, mm. Because it's just that ed added level like layer of sort of like um protection prevention really. yeah 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 yep yep that's what you want that's i think just to just okay. to just to bring it into context where dan is right now he's level four it probably means he's in the top 20 percent of referees in the country um wow. so he's uh he's climbing he's, he's he's climbing you know if he jumps under, under level three you know he, uh, i'm assuming it's still the same you'd be refereeing in the North, northern prem um, and you'd be on the line in the national league. Um, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, so that would that would and move him into the top seven percent of, of in the country. So he's, he's climbing your, the ladder. What's your ambition then? Um, I mean, you know, I don't think I'd be trying to push us, push like I am, and training and stuff if I didn't want to get to the top. 
Mm. I think that's that's mm. what ev- where everyone wants to be. Um, mm. But obviously, I'm just going to take it as far as it goes. And at the minute, I still think I've got the potential to keep going. Um, but then if it ever gets to a point where I'm like, oh, this is my level, then I'll probably still keep refereeing. But because you get to go to a yeah. great place. I mean, next week I'm down at St George's Park for an England international. So it's like it's stuff like that oh, wow. that kind of keep you going. Mm. Brilliant. Wow. Very nice, mate. Very nice. Obviously, well, I just I remember can't that we had you on the Northeast Breaking the Show. Question. I was right. The nicest one, and I'm a Middlesbrough fan. I'm a Middlesbrough fan uh, game, and also he knows where he's spread, but don't you worry. You show a red, you show a red straight away, because I know he's a bit lippy, that old Dan Neil. So I know you're a Sunderland yeah. fan. You put that to one side, all right? You look after the borough, and Ryan will look after you, mate. That's no more needs to be said. No more needs to be said. Ignore him. Uh, Ignore him. I can't let you go down without asking one last question. Obviously, I know you're a big Sunderland yeah. fan anyway, and you you were shocked about the Tony Mowbray sacking as well. Who do you fancy for the yeah. new manager? Um, I quite fancy Will still, to be fair, from what I've read about him and seen online. I think he's quite Is young. just because you like listening to me doing the tongue twisters? <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that one. Uh, quite impressive, actually. Oh, but thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much. No, I, th- I think he's um, there is a bit of a fan excitement growing about him. He's uh, obviously young and up and coming, and that's that's the the route the club want to go in. So, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it's uh, we'll wait and see anyway. But I know you've got college done, so we'll not keep you too much longer, mate. Thank you very very much for yeah, coming on. Uh, I think we'll have you worry. on again, and uh, we'll may- maybe yeah. just have our, our new referee and expert, being as you're more in touch with the modern game. Ooh. <laughs> 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 and, and Dan, if uh, if it's ever possible to uh, come uh, come along and see you, see you in action, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to see how you're uh, how you're refereeing, mate. It'd be good. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, fantastic. We'll sort that Excellent. out with you. Fantastic. Thanks for thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Thank no you. Cheers, Have a good day, mate. Cheers. Cheers nice, lad. nice lad. Sensible lad. Yeah, see? Right, lad. Yeah. And that's how yeah, see, I, I do get know sensible in people. my pocket. Yeah, no, no, good. Yeah, um, you know, it's you, you don't hear many many stories of young referees that are, are coming and have ambitions to go to the top. Yeah. Well, he's doing well. He's doing yeah, well. I mean, if he's so, level four yeah. at 20, he's doing very, very well. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's fair play, and there's good support network as well. I mean, I've I've been lucky enough to go along to a Sunderland area event, uh, you know, behind enemy lines, I guess, with with the referees. But mm-hmm. um, it was actually a, a talk that we Jack Ross gave when he was uh, when he was yeah, absolutely yeah. Um, I, I dressed as uh, as Arsene Wenger because he never saw anything either. Um, yeah, so I went along to a do where Jack Ross actually talked along, and the Sunderland area network, the way they support the way they sort of create this positive culture around refereeing is really something. And the, the guy who's been running that for a long time, uh, Colin Burnicle, it deserves a lot of credit because there's a lot of work goes into running something like that. That's a fair play. Cool. Yeah, good, good on stuff. Wish okay. him all the best. We're just up to half past eight, so uh, keeping on track, Dave, we need some sports headlines. Thanks, Dave. Ted, Rye and Steve, the North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North the cat and the okay, Ange Postagoglu, uh, who I was going to talk about before I forgot that Dan was coming on, um, <laughs> said he's not interested in playing pretty football, lads. He's he's only interested in results. Um, 
it's an interesting one that because it's, it's a bone of contention with some supporters isn't it I, I've seen managers lose their jobs at Newcastle for playing the wrong style of football West Ham I guess as well have, have got the West Ham way I think that irks with some fans but um, a lot yeah. of people will say there's a particular way of playing football um, but you know if, if, we, if, if, if you told me you know that Sam Allardyce was coming back to Newcastle. I wouldn't thank you because his particular brand of football, for me, isn't something I would like to watch as a Newcastle fan. Um, but if you told me Kevin Keegan was going to make a return and play the entertainer style of football, yeah, that that's what I would like to see. So it was an in- interesting one for him to, to you know to bring up last night at his press conference after the game. And I mean, of course. West Ham turned, you know, turned a, a, you know, a reverse into a win for themselves last night. Great result for the Hammers, um, and and you know, Andrew Postecoglou is his bubble is starting to burst. I think it's it's a battle of uh, it's it's a battle of strength between him and Eddie Howe at the weekend. Of course, he'd be hoping to get back on track with that. But just looking at what he said, I mean, what what's your thoughts on that one, Ray? He's got, you know, he's 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 obviously going to be a bit down. He's just lost. He's lost the London derby. Um, you know, the results aren't going for him as they were at the start of the season. Um, he's going to get a little bit of criticism. Um, but is he right to say that? Because obviously, certain fans are saying that they don't they don't like the style of football. It's something we touched on earlier this week. Um, it's another defeat for him, and you know he's he's come out and said that. What what's your thoughts? Is that going to get people on mm. side, or is it is it going to get people against him? Well, I think obviously you know the only thing that's going to get on side with Tottenham fans is results, isn't it? And, you know, Tottenham have mm. such big, big ambitions as a club to be you know top four, and they want it. That's where they want to be, and they want any manager to get them there. Now, whether it's you know the the way they play, as long as you know we saw him get what was it three back to back managers of the month, and now it seemed to have unravelled. But I think. What's gone hand in hand with that is actually the injuries, much like uh, over at Newcastle. Tottenham, have, I think, have got about 10 or 11 players out with current injuries as well, and they're all first team players. You know, we're talking James Madison, who's been incredible for them. You know, even per- Perisic, you know, he did his ACL. Uh, Eric Dyer as well, Ryan Sessanong, you know, the list goes on of, of actual important people. Bentacore as well, which I watched uh, in, in the game against Aston Villa. He went down as well with an ankle foot injury, and he was incredible. So I think the way he's playing. Is always now. I've followed Ange for a long time. He's obviously an Australian coach. He's in, a, you know, he was a coach of the Australian team for a bit there as well. And one thing you can always bet your bottom dollar on is that football is going to be played the Ange way. Now the Ange way is always attack, attack, attack. It is always, you know, he doesn't worry about defending. He said the way you win goals is by outscoring the opposition. That's as simple as that. That's his method, and that's the way he's always been. Now, rightly or wrongly, sometimes it pulls it off if you have got good strikers, you have got a good team uh, like Tottenham, you know, did when they were all fit. You know, they lost Kane, but they got Son and James Madison in and they were scoring goals. And they was, was you know, he got three managers of the month back to back. But then when you lose those players that are start putting him in the back of the net, then you just sort of get found out defensively. And it's kind of like the borough, funny enough, because we seemingly be the same. You know, we've got an attitude from Michael Carrick that we attack, attack, attack. We, uh, you know, we, we don't really worry about defensive you know nature because it's, you know, we just out try and outscore the other team. Now, when you stop scoring or you lose that player to injury, well, then your defensive capabilities come into play because they're the ones that are going to get you over for any law or one nil. So, uh, and unfortunately, Ange is now being found out. And whether, you know, when there's always, I've always said it, when there's a new manager on the scene, uh, it does take a while for other managers to learn their tactics, learn the way, the style they play. And that's, you know, sometimes that's that when you see that new manager go in uh, for any club after a sacking or, you know, a change of guard, whatever it may be. There's always this sort of level of, you know, difference because there's a bit of motivation there. Plus there's, you know, the other managers 
and the other teams don't really have, uh, you know, the book on how to, you know, coach against an Ange Postecoglou team. But now they do. Now they do. And we saw that last night with West Ham. They knew if they held on that they might be able to find a way through their defensive, you know, uh, misdirection. So, yeah, look, I think he's never going to change. If, you, if you're asking me, is Ange Postecoglou ever going to change? No, he's never has, never will. If you look at Celtic, if you have a look at all his posts, he always and he got sacked or was either he got a new job or he decided that, uh, that you know, the, the, the chairman or whatever didn't want him to play the, the style of football he wanted to play, so he left. Uh, and if you're asking me a Tottenham sort of falling away, I think they're having a bit of a blip, but I think they've also got to be kind to themselves at the moment because Ange is working with a makeshift squad, much like Newcastle are sort of thing. So it's interesting. I hope he has succeed. Uh, we've, we've always wanted to see a good Aussie coach in the Premier League and one that can be successful. And I think, you know, Ange is our best chance of that. Uh, and I love the way he plays. I love the, the the teams he puts out and the exciting football that he that he makes. So I hope he gets the chance to stick around. But um, he's never ever going to change the way he plays football or, or, or his methodology around football. That is, Ted. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you referenced Sam Allardyce. To be honest, uh, it's it's an interesting one. Can you remember when Allardyce was was West Ham manager? Uh, and he was appointed when uh, when they were down in the championship. They'd just been relegated to the championship. And one of the questions from the media was, Sam, there's there's some sort of unrest among the supporters because you don't play the West Ham way. And his reply, which was epic, was, well, the West Ham way got them relegated, didn't it? Now, <laughs> I, I, I get where he's going with that. And, and I, I, I love Big Sam. I, you know, our club wouldn't be in the mess it's in if he, if he hadn't taken the England job. We were building something pretty special at Sunderland. And to be honest... The football I watched when he was there as Sunderland manager actually was quite exciting. Um, I don't know whether it was just a, a byproduct of the desperation of trying to avoid relegation or what, but he brought in he brought a, a team mentality together, which, while it isn't the the most technically beautiful football you'll ever watch, it's it, it was dynamic counter-attacking football with some blood and guts tackling, which you know northeast football fans absolutely love to see that anyway. Um, so for me. Look, it's all about grinding out results. And, it, you know, if, if somebody offered me, right, Sunderland are going to have boring 1-0 wins for the rest of the season and they're going to go up automatically, would I take it? Of course I would. Absolutely, of course I would. I want success. If it happens to be pretty football, then that's a bonus. But as long as it's, you know, the game played within the right spirit, within the laws of the game, hey, results are what matter. And, that, and that's, that's what hires and fires managers results. Yeah, true, true. Dave, thoughts? I mean, would you prefer to see uh, an attractive footballing team fall short and, you know, not win the Premier League? Or would you prefer to see, you know, a team that, you know, doesn't play attractive football but, but win the Premier League? It's, it's you know, it, 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 that's that's the question, really, I guess. Can you hear me? Is it working? That's the big question because yeah, I'm not really around you know. using the gizmo. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at this! God. Look at this! Well, no. And just to prove, just to prove it, guys, just to prove it. There you go. Toilet flushing. There you go. I'm definitely oh, not in the studio. No, no I'm just messing oh, about and walking around the building, sorry. listening to you. Um, <laughs> We're talking well. assistant managers, uh, not those we, number twos, mate. We, yay! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, beautiful sight. I'm looking out the window in the corridor where the radio station is and the sun is rising over Rosebury Topping in the North York. Oh, fantastic. Um, look, would I remember Ito Karanka 
uh, and his, his, his era at the Borough and we were playing terrible football but we were getting yep. results and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a real tough one isn't it because there is that balance you want your team to be successful and are we being too greedy as football fans basically then expecting to be entertained fully during that success as well now only the best clubs the best managers with the best the best players and the best tools uh, available can do that so if i had to choose between one or the other i would rather have a successful football club than, a, than an unsuccessful football club but they're playing pretty football so um that that's where i'd go if I, if i could only choose one but obviously we all want like i suppose it's a bit like apart from last night a bit like newcastle at the moment playing exciting football they're getting the results to be at the higher higher end of the premier league so that is the ultimate just going back to Ange and people sussing him out, I don't buy it, you know, because there are only 20 clubs in the Premier League and I think everybody knows how everybody plays. Clubs have scouts, they managers go and watch games, uh, every game's televised. It's not as if you don't know how a team lines up. It's not as if you don't know what to expect from players, how they play. Yes, individual tactics for a particular game may change, but you're at the highest end of the trade if you can't cope as a as a manager as a set of players with a team coming to your place or you going somewhere you know somewhere else and there's a slight change tactically and you can't deal with that you shouldn't be at the highest level of the game so i don't buy into this people of sustange people of sust michael carrick people of sust i think you can be sus very quickly it's just how you cope with it and and i think it's just down to, you know it's down to a bad bad run of form it's down to being too complacent, I think it's down to human error more than anything else. Okay, we've got about ten minutes left, so I, I just want to get in at Steve Ray's Christmas cracker, the Christmas joke yes. of the day. <laughs> here we so go, here we go here lads. Go. What happened to Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah, he won't have the button. He, he's, he's not that prepared. What happened <laughs> to Mark Zuckerberg? I haven't been given a button. Stop talking over these jokes! Constantly interrupted on this show. <laughs> what happened to Mark Zuckerberg's novelty jumper when he had a cage fight with Elon Musk? Uh... He was left with nothing but threads! One of the better ones this week, lads. It was one of the better mm. ones this week. And I'm Radio Dad. Yes, These are apparently the top 10 funniest new Christmas cracker jokes for 2023. It's a cracker. I like the apparently. Who picked the top 10? As I've gone through the list this week, lads, I'm starting to doubt why on earth these are the Christmas crackers. I certainly hope they're not in my Christmas crackers. There'll be no laughter in the Wraith household, that's certain. Do we need something like this at this moment in time? <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. Oh, that's great. It's the Steve Wraith Christmas Cracker. I like it, yeah, I like it. It's got, okay, it's okay. got potential. Your top it's got ten. potential. I love it. So, tomorrow, early kickoff, live on Sky Sports yeah. Ted. Mm. Sunderland versus West Brom. So take us yes. there and give us give us your views and your predictions, man. Yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? It's it's the whole managerless thing again, and whether the the, the players turn up and maybe give a performance, you, you know, out, out of a bit of a respect for Tony Mowbray, or whether it's kind of like you know, 
whether it's a damn squib, it's it's a 50-50 one, this one, and I, I, I've got a very uneasy feeling about the next two games, if I'm really brutally honest with you. Uh, West Brom going to it, having lost their last game, though, um, but they have got three wins at the last five as well, so they're not in horrendous form, um, whereas Sunderland, obviously, yeah, uh, no win in the last three. Um, in To all intents and purposes, we could, if we're not careful, lose touch with this whole playoff thing um, very, very quickly. Having said that, with three points of it, um, I think there'll be a good crowd there behind. It's all going to hinge on the opening of the game. Um, I think within the first 20 minutes, if Sunderland get a goal, I think the crowd will get you know, behind them and, and push them on. And we're more than capable with the staff we've got of beating West Brom. That, that's absolutely a fact. Um, however, if there's nothing on shore within the first 20 minutes, the, the fans will get restless. They're already, you know... 50-50 if not if not more so in favour of Tony Mowbray um, so I, th- I think the natives could get a bit restless if they don't see anything that they like within the, the first opening few moments of that game so yeah uh, selection wise I don't see any sort of massive changes I don't think anybody uh, there'll be no shock droppings or anything like that um, the only thing I think Job may come back in after he was rested in the last game um, other than that, it'll be much as you were. It'll be interesting to see who they picked to play up front. Um, Mowbray had said that Hemia needed more game time and then didn't play him um, for, the, for the last two games, which was a bit of a strange one. So, yeah, um, whether there might be a little change of shape, I would love to, you know, I'm a purist, I would love to see us actually go out and play 4 4 2 and actually stick two strikers up the top and give them something different to worry about because, like I've said many, many times, and, and when Mowbray was in charge as well, we were just too predictable. Um, so I'd like to see them mix things up a little bit. Um, having said that, it's going to be a tough one. Look, at best, I think if we come out of this with a draw, I think we'll be happy with that. And I, I, that's what I'm going for. I, I'd mark it down as a ones each draw. And then we just put everything into the Leeds game, the one that's coming after that. Yeah, I don't yeah. see you winning um, this. Go on the right, yeah, give us your they're, views on this. They're not, they're not, the Mackhams aren't beating West Brom. They're, the, the the players that have tweeted out this week about uh, Mogger leaving, and I refer especially to Luco9, which is Ted's favourite player, uh, and he said that this is a photo that optimised the gaffer. He treated us all like family and brought me and the lads and our club some unforgettable moments. I'll never forget you, gaffer. Right? So I, I, I just feel... Well, if you hadn't defended like a schoolboy, you might still have a job. <laughs> if I just feel like there's some players in that club that will be absolutely still... Just a bit lost without Mogger in there, and I don't think they're going to beat West Brom. I think Carlos Cobaron will have West Brom up for it. Uh, it'll be at the Stadium of Light, early kickoff, and West Brom will win it. Uh, just because, you know, the, the Sunderland have lost a bit of direction this week until they find that new manager. Okay, so what's your prediction then, Ray? I'm going to go for... Yeah, I'm going for a defeat. I'm going to go for 3-0 to West Brom. Oh, Ouch. Yeah, I'm going to sure. go. I'm, I'm going to go a, a little bit more optimistic for the Mackhams. You know, there's no new manager. Uh, Mowbray's gone. Some of those, some of those people in the dressing room will be happy about that. Let's see what. Let's see what you know. The you know what teams you know is picked. I'm going to go for a a draw, mate. I'm mm. going to go for a, a one-one draw. That's mm. that's my feeling, Dave. Uh, I'm going to go exactly the same, mate. One-one draw. 
One one draw. Okay, and so da- and, Borat. And Daz is here. Yeah, good morning. Radio good morning, Chance. Morning, Daz. Morning, mate. Morning, Daz. Give us your prediction. Oh, I got a, I got a pointed finger in my direction when I said that. Oh. Um, He's threatening me. No bacon. Hang on, hang on. Did he bring a bacon buddy? No bacon. Did he bring butty. a bacon buddy? No bacon. No bacon. Oh, no. The bet. I'm I'm going for a defeat for Sunderland. I'm Ooh. sorry. I'm Ooh. going for one 0 Thank you, Daz. Okay. Some sanity. Borat versus Ipswich Rye. Um, c- come to you first. This is a this is a humdinger, isn't it? Uh-huh. This is a it this is. is a this is a must win Ooh. or bust for Borough, I think you've got it. You this is against one of the promotion contenders. If Ipswich win this and get themselves on a forty-eight points, uh, they are going to be. Wait for it. They will uh, not win. 21 points. 21 points clear of Middlesbrough. No. They will not win. It is a massive game. It is a massive game. And obviously Middlesbrough game. are still struggling with those injuries crisis. Carrick obviously not confirming yesterday. In fact, I had a bit of a ju- uh, joke with uh, Craig Johns after the fact because he was in the interview room and we're talking after the fact. And Michael Carrick just will not give anything away when it comes to injuries. He's so coy on it. He'd rather talk about the players he is going to put it on that pitch. And I do like it. I do like that attitude. But we are... You know, without a doubt, still need to realise we're missing 10 first-team players as we go and take on the team in second. Ipswich without uh, Sam Morsey and Massive Luongo, though, two of their instrumental midfielders in that in that role. So that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, it's a massive game, and we're at home at the Riverside, which, you know, Middlesbrough just seemed to perform over and over again this season at the Riverside. Away days, I'd be a little bit more scared, but a packed Riverside Stadium against Ipswich, you'd boy at your bottom dollar that this, this, this team's going to do. Uh, you know, do, do you know? Put in a good shift uh, against them. the defensive capabilities. Who fits in a right back? You know, all that sort of stuff is going to be interesting for me. Uh, does Johnny Housen go in that right back role? If he does, who sits in that midfield? Does Matt Crooks drop far in the back? Does Sammy Silvera then come on? It's you know, the team selection is going to be a massive one. Yeah. We might even see a surprise return from a couple of injuries that he just didn't want to talk about, just to keep his clouds close to his chest. He is a good friend of McKenna's as well. McKenna, the coach of Ipswich Town. They both uh, were raised as coaches uh, in the Man United era. Uh, so him and Carrick and McKenna are very, very close friends. They've shared a lot of you know conversations and discussion topics. They did their badges and stuff like that together. So there's a lot of respect for each other there as well. I'm going for a borough win though. Uh, I think we're going to just be able to do it at home against Ipswich. Uh, I just find, you know, the way we played against Leeds, you know, we're going to just be able to put any team on the ropes there and we're just going to hope that Clarkie and if it is, you know, Clarkie and Vandenberg that they hold out a rampant Ipswich team. I'm going for a 2-0 victory to the Borough. 2-0 victory, okay. Ted, your views on this one? <laughs> Nil-nil. <laughs> that, was the rather, that was a rather dismissive Daz-like short hamster, wasn't it? it was, Steve's yes. been trying to set us up with one for ages, so I, I, I had the courtesy to nod one in for him. <laughs> He's doing a Daz. He's doing a Daz. I'm going to go for a one-nil, a one-nil win to Whipswich. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a tight game, but I think a one, a one-nil win to Whipswich on this occasion. Dave. I just think hewn out of Teesside steel the grit and determination of the industrial landscape of our legacy on that field we're going to draw 1-1 after <laughs> <laughs> that big build up okay. uh, I think we'll have enough for them I, I, I don't know I, I know we're a bit Jekyll and Hyde at the moment um, in terms of what comes out but I'm, I'm going for a 1-0 I'm going, I'm going to be positive I think we'll I think our makeshift defence will will hold firm, and I think we'll do them one nil. 
Okay. Yes, boys. Last but by no means least. Uh, Newcastle face a trip to Spurs in the Premier League. Is it going to be a case of out of the frying pan and into the fire? Both teams losing last night. Uh, pressure on Postacoglu from his supporters. No pressure on Eddie Howe. Uh, will there be any players back? Um, Newcastle, it's a happy hunting ground for the, the new stadium. Uh, White Hart Lane wasn't as happy. Um the way both teams are playing I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw lads I think it'll be I think there'll be goals I think Newcastle may have a player back not sure who but they will have either Wilson or Botman back or maybe both which will be a boost on the bench but I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw I don't think Kieran Trippier in particular can have uh, you know as bad a night as he had last night and I think in front of the sky cameras Newcastle will manage to get a point which will be seen as a good result yeah, I agree with that, to be honest, Steve. I'm going to go with the ones each, though. Slight, slightly less exciting in terms of the scoring. Uh, but I do expect Trippier. Trippier doesn't have two bad games in a row, uh, so I think he'll have a good performance. Wouldn't be at all surprised to see him bang one in the top corner from a free kick. Yeah, it's coming, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going for a Tottenham win in this one in a high-scoring affair. I'm going for 4-2 for Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham haven't not scored... Uh, in the Premier League this season. There's always been a goal. I think, actually, sorry, there was one game, I think, against Wolves off the top of my memory where they didn't score, but every other game there's been one one goal or more for Tottenham. Uh, I think uh, Newcastle, obviously, still now learning their ropes with coming off, you know, a bad defeat to Everton. Um, we saw that, you know, obviously, you know, Dubravka's going to have to settle into that role and stuff like that. And I think Tottenham are going to be looking pretty strong at home and you'll have them up firing and I'm pretty confident they're going to have a few back for their game as well. So, yeah, I'm going for a 4-2 victory to Tottenham in what's going to be a pretty entertaining game with two very very good managers attacking managers as well so it's going one to watch this weekend for me uh, and yeah Tottenham 4-2 Dave I'd just like Ladbrooks to get on the phone and tell me what odds I can get for 3-1-1 draws across the North East this weekend because that's what I fancy I think it's I think it's going to be three draws uh, I'll be a million right. miles wide of the mark you can all take the mick out of me on Monday but I'm going for another 1-1 well we will anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, that's but by no means least fact, fact. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I think it's going to be a, a high scoring game as well um, I'm going for 3-3 three, three. I think it's going to be a thriller Oof. 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 Mm. it's going to be a thriller yeah. speaking of Monday Manila, but it's going to be a thriller you've heard the predictions speaking guys speaking of Monday yeah Monday yeah, on Monday, huh? I'm actually, I think I'm going to be taking the show on Monday. I'm going to be actually broadcasting Ooh. from a mystery location, gentlemen. Oh, using our new gizmo. Yeah. Using our new gizmo. Okay. No, Mrs. Mrs. Ted has taken me away for my birthday. It's also my birthday on Monday, you see. Right. Uh, she's Aww. taken me away for the weekend, so I'll be waking up in a mystery location um, to, to do the show. I've just been told to bring the laptop, bring the microphone. Uh, it's either a hotel okay. or a hit, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I should be all right, though. Let me go. Ciao, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mister. Let me go. I've got a show to do. Well, if, He's back. He's back. It's your birthday. When did I turn into one of the, the Stotts brothers? Like? <laughs> Let me know, Ted, because it is your birthday. I'm happy to take take the hi highlights for you, you know, and to give you the day off so you can oh, just no, sit no, there. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. Uh, it's all about me on Monday. It's my birthday. I can do what I want. All right then, uh, fellas, we're done. And we dusted. have reached the end. We have. Well done, lads. Yes. I want to squeeze at least Fuck one off. minute of music in. So uh, before the news, 
Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, up the borough, of course, we're going to be high-flying. We're going to do Ipswich 6-0 at yeah. the Riverside. 1-1. Um, Big day. Yeah, indeed. From the pub to the Riverside. And Rye's going to be on... Rai's gonna, he doesn't know just yet, but Rye's going to be on Match Day Live from the six medals Brilliant. live before the Borough yep. game. He doesn't know yet, but he's going to be oh, on. Oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Nice okay. one, Rye. Yep. Yeah. All right, fellas. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Have a See good weekend. Have a good weekend, yeah, boys. Catch you. Have a good weekend. Catch you soon. Up the Borough. From Yarm to Yibbe, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast. With Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the northeast, the red.